friends. Welcome to the Impossible Things podcast, where the greatest minds in the universe answer the world's toughest questions. Until they arrive, we'll be talking about the same questions. I'm Jesse. With me today are Kyle. Hey. And Jimmy. Hello. Today we're going to figure out time travel. So, is time travel impossible? Uh, well, I think at the current state, I, I, it's impossible, but I definitely think it's possible. Like, uh, way back in the day, we thought circumnavigating the, the Earth would be impossible until sure. some new technology presented itself, and we matched the, the problem and the solution, and here we are. We know where everybody is. Well, well uh, but at the, our rebuttal to that, though, is that at the time of circumnavigating the, 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 the world, boats still existed in some shape. We still have no like primitive way of traveling through time at all, except for the little amounts that gravity affects us. So I don't, I don't think it's possible, except for in one direction, and it's not really time travel. It's kind of cheating. Okay. So, so you think you think you could travel to the future? Yes. Okay, but not the past. No. Interesting. No, no, no. I don't think you can go back and kill yourself. I don't. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you can go back and affect anything. Absolutely not. See, I'm at I'm at the position where the I think the past is fixed. The future doesn't exist. Therefore, it's you know, moldable. It's, it's, the future is moldable. The future is uh, non-existent. It so you only, can't travel. It only to happens as we get to it. Okay. So. so you think time travel is completely impossible? Absolutely not. not <laughs> <possible>. <laughs> the least. But but all these really smart people like Einstein and Stephen Hawking, they they all have these theories. What what do you what do you make of those? They just don't uh, they don't hold a lot of water for me because they're just uh, changing perception, changing one person's the way they're interacting with time. You're not really. You're not going into the future, and you haven't seen anything that's going to happen before anybody else did. Right. At, at the most, you're younger by a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what, what do you mean by that? Well, what we're talking about is is the effect of, of gravity on. Uh, they have proven through science that gravity and velocity have some form of effect on on time. Uh, the famous experiment is they put two atomic clocks, uh, one on the ground and one in an airplane, and they flew the airplane around the world, and that atomic clock was slower, pretty sure it was slower by like one second. And then they've, they've estimated that, I can't remember his name, but the Russian cosmonaut that's gone to the space the most is, is roughly a day younger than everybody else that was born on his exact birthday. So gravity does play some effect. So what Stephen Hawking thinks that is possible is that if you can achieve light speed, which is a completely different topic on its on itself, <laughs> but if you can achieve light speed and if you can get just under light speed and travel for a very long time, while everything feels like it's moving like day to day for you, one day is the equivalent to like one month on Earth. So as you're flying through space, traveling for like 80 years or something, you come back and it you would have come back to an Earth that's 2,000 or 2,500 years older. Than, than you would be. So yeah, but, that that's like a that's kind of like a a trick to time travel. But to Jesse's point, that that is a single person's uh, reference to time. Yeah, it's relative. Which yeah. which is kind of which was kind of my point in uh, in in time travels that the only way only way to potentially time travel is essentially what Jimmy just said, which was uh, you would have to change somebody's perception of time, which for us is just a unit of measurement. Like right. I can I can call, uh, you know. A, can call three feet three feet or I can call it a yard or I can call it a just shy of a meter but it's you know those are all <clears throat> it's still the distance that it's it still is. a distance that it is it, it, it there's still an absolute there 
However, when you when you take into account that maybe time is relative, based on gravity or or, mm-hmm. or otherwise, then I I think for all intents and purposes is that <clears throat> when we define time travel, are we defining it as Back to the Future time travel, or the you know the uh, the time machine, Orwell, Orwell, or whoever it is, H.G. Wells, H.G. Wells yeah. time machine. Like, is that is that what we're calling time travel, or is it what Jimmy's suggesting? Suggesting which is it, it's a person's re- perception of the amount of time they've they've existed. For for me, when I was like I was when I was researching all this stuff, I actually was like trying to dissect the word like time travel. So like when I say I'm traveling, like I'm driving my car, it usually indicates that I'm leaving whatever city I'm in currently and going to another city of my choosing. It's not really like when you're driving when you're driving down a road, you really I guess you could just keep driving until you feel like stopping, but you're kind of you're on a path. You have to go a certain direction at some point. Right. So I feel like the word travel indicates that you would be able to get into a magic box, preferably a phone booth, and you would be able to, <laughs> <laughs> and you would be able to punch in the coordinates and fly in, and to wherever time you would and space that you would like to go, is what I think travel is. I think time travel is Back to the Future, like in the movies, time travel. Yeah, but I mean, like if, if we, if I think if we're dissecting on, based on semantics, what you just described about the altering, altering. The effect of gravity on a person and them coming back, and it, it, they've they've only lived thirty years, but the rest the rest of humanity has lived thousands of years. Yeah, that's essentially time travel, I would it, say, because they've they've traveled into the future, but it's based on their perception. So to Jesse's point, not nothing's changed. Think of it we've, like a think we've of it, played physics against ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's all no. we've done. But think of it, think of it like a river. Like so that, it's not really time travel. Like I said earlier, like it's kind of like a cheap type of version of time travel. It's essentially taking two little paper boats and putting them in a river and then you found some way to slow one boat down a lot and then or speed one up so it catches up with the one that's up here so it's you're still on the same you're still traveling down the same road yeah you've just altered the speeds at which you get there well you've inhibited somebody else from going faster and that and that's that's essentially that's what i'd come down to is when i was thinking about the semantics of time travel i was thinking uh, within the confines of what we know now which as jimmy had pointed out there's that whole. Th- there's the cosmonaut who who's allegedly a couple of days younger than everybody else, or a day younger than everybody else. It's probably like half a day. Or, it's, yeah, it's, it's probably something. something so inconsequential that he won't live long enough to really see much of a difference, even would, if he. Lives I would brag like, about it every day. Well, yeah. Well, and, well <laughs> if I had that, a twin brother, oh man, that's I'm you. Man. Than you man. I'm a day younger, bud. <laughs> but speaking of the twins, my birthday's though, not till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Spe- speaking of the, the 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 case of the traveling twins, which I believe is what at least what this, this article on. Einstein online calls it. Uh, it was Einstein's theory that if you if you left two two twins from birth, one stayed on Earth, one traveled around space or outside of the confines of gravity for his whole life. That by the time he came back, he would be uh, the one the one that lived in space would be significantly younger and would not have aged as much. Now, I I think I think there's other things other than just time perception of gravity that are affecting that. Like the sun will deteriorate deteriorate your skin. Mm-hmm. And the entropy that is living here on Earth will will have stronger effects uh, on you here than in a controlled environment where it's like artificial gravity, artificial oxygen, artificial, artificial, artificial. And it's like, who's to say which one's healthier or not? He might appear 30 years younger or whatever, but he also might die right when he gets back because he'll, <laughs> he, he'll have adjusted to this fake environment. He'll get like the anti-bends, yeah, you know? No, that makes sense. So you're assuming that time travel at least... Well, it sounds like you're both assuming something that uh, 
that we would be able to go forward and in effect by uh, sort of going up into space and just hanging out for a defined period and then coming back. Yeah. And if you extrapolate that out, forward time travel, technically, in a way, is possible to one person. Yes. You can basically go up in space, somehow halt your own time, let time pass in the Earth, come back to Earth. Sounds like that's your theory. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think, I think that's the... It, uh, J- Jimmy kind of, like, that, put it the best. It's cheating. It's not, you're not time traveling. You're not getting into, you know, a TARDIS and typing in a date or right. a DeLorean and right. but driving in, 88 miles an hour. But even in this theory, you're not coming back. You're not going back to the way things were. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Is like the, the, problem, the problem is the return, like really, because mm-hmm. anybody who desires time travel desires to go somewhere, and do come, something, and, and come, come back. back. Yeah. You're, you're making a permanent decision here to time travel. However, for all intents and purposes, in semantically, I would say that that means time travel is possible. Is that, well, that, that means th- we're time traveling right now. Well, we are. Moment well, we by are. moment. Semantically, we are. We're just time traveling slower than what Jimmy will do when he goes to space with yeah. Elon Musk. It's going <laughs> it, to be great. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually exactly what my dad said. I was talking, uh, talking to my family about time travel. Which is pretty hilarious because my brother, who's trying to be a stand-up comedian, was like, "So in our podcast, what are we going to talk about?" And I was like, "Dude, you're not coming." <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "You don't get to come, but ruin this he whole actually, thing." Yeah, it was really funny because I, I told him, I said, "Well, yeah, I don't think time travel is possible because if it was, we would have, we would have seen somebody come back from the future, right?" Right. Well, he they might not admit that. Well, he gave up a really cool. He's like, Jimmy, do you really think we're just going to send Joe the plumber back in time? <laughs> no, we're going to send trained astronauts. And if we have the technology to go back in time, we have the technology to at least get on the internet and research what we all look like back then. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, he's got me. <laughs> well, there, and there, there are an alarming amount of photos that have popped up. And granted, Photoshop is like the best thing in the world. But there are some photos that pop up where it like shows somebody in the 1890s with like Oakley's standing in the back of a crowd you're like yeah you guys you guys definitely uh you photoshopped him in there but i mean like ultimately though like the thing is is it uh, you end up sounding like a conspiracy theorist when you when you say like oh well there are time travelers but we haven't seen them you yeah. know like you can't you you can't really my my newest know, theory can't sound can't sound my newest theory now is Crazy. is what we consider to be aliens or UFOs is simply time machines, and it's just a history class. It's just a first-grade history class from the year <laughs> 3000, and they've come back to... Because how cool would that be? I mean, like, instead of researching about, like, Galileo, you could just fly over his house and, and like, look how he lived and, like, get a complete accurate history. That would be amazing. That would be. That and would it would be freak all amazing. of us out and then wonder if time travel is possible, and that's probably what would lead to the invention of time travel. Well, that's a that's a horrible moral discussion. We should definitely <laughs> definitely revisit later about the anything we talk about on this podcast uh, actually presenting itself as technology sometime in the future when some third grader in the year thirty thirty three decides oh, I'm going to listen to this. Oh man, they had some good ideas. Let's invent it. You know that would be pretty cool if like a teenager just popped up in Jesse's house right now. Like it's real, and then like it disappeared. disappeared. <laughs> we'd have the we'd have the most listened to podcast on uh, on iTunes. It'd be amazing. Uh, now we just need to pay somebody to pretend to be that kid. Okay, so where's your brother? Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, he would be so. He's probably gonna be so stoked that I even mentioned him in the podcast. Oh, he's great! Be so excited for those six people listening. Yeah. <laughs> so, do we want to discuss our? Uh, finite understanding of special relativity, which is what makes our 
theoretical future time travel possible? I suppose so. It's the uh, so special relativity is was uh, put forth by Einstein first, but he admitted that a lot of people were working on it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Basically, the idea that now I'm gonna totally butcher it, even though I'm staring at this book that. Uh, answers it simply. I, I'm still really impressed that you have <laughs> books in front of you though physical books Jesse's holding physical books in front of him right they now. have a public library stamp on them <laughs> they, they are I, from the I have an library. iPad in front of me and Kyle has a computer <laughs> Jesse has Jesse, Jesse has both both ends of technology he rides rides the line he's got books <laughs> and a computer admittedly my books have not been thoroughly uh, perused there there's no control F for books no sir <laughs> <laughs> It's called the table of contents. <laughs> That's it's much harder. Or the, or the index. Yeah, the you will. <laughs> the applicable part of the theory to me is the uh, is kind of what we we're referencing with the, the atomic clock experiment, mm -hmm. where the the clock on Earth travels the time moved faster, mm -hmm. and that's because the the denseness of the gravity gravitational pull close to a, a denser body is moving perceptibly. The perception is that it moves faster. Which is why a black hole, uh, things it, they seem to be sucked in immediately to a, a hypothetical observer. Yes. Uh, whereas if you were in the black hole observing something coming into the black hole, it would appear to be coming in at a normal rate. Of, of Whatever speed. normal is in a black hole. Yeah. <laughs> in real time. Whereas if you're on the outside in a less dense environment observing a black hole, it appears to be... Well, that kind of that kind of when you apply what you just said about the uh, that the observer mm -hmm. or what what the, uh, the the article I have on on this what he calls an inertial observer is that the lower clock uh, the lower clock if you think about Jimmy's example of two cars traveling on a road and you one to one you you forcibly slow one down gravity is the the force that is forcibly yeah. slowing down the other object mm -hmm. which will allow you to move faster because you aren't being slowed down by the other object uh, other object therefore. I suppose you you could travel into the future. The, the the problem with traveling to the future using that methodology, though, so so you're in the faster car, right? Mm -hmm. And the slower car is moving at a normal pace. In quotes, air quotes for me. <laughs> there you go. But the problem is the scenery. That that was ultimately what I came came down to every time. Is that you could be the inertial observer, again in quotes from from Einstein's uh, theory of relativity. But you could be the inertial observer, but the building you're standing next to, even though you're moving faster through time, will still age at the regular rate. So you move faster through time, that building's gone or fallen over or bombed or whatever history deems its, uh, its end is. And so the only thing I could come up with that would make time travel in the, in the, uh, the public sense of what everybody agrees time travel is, like getting into a DeLorean and driving 80, 88 miles an hour, is uh, that you would have to forcibly slow down all the scenery and all the people in order for you, the inertial observer, to be observing something in the future. And you wouldn't be able to get a, people to agree on that at all. So the... The only way I, the only way ultimately I came up with a solution for time travel is to download all of history and humanity into a computer and project <laughs> it all in a holodeck. That was the only thing I could come up with, which is an absolute insane theory for now. Maybe we should uh, have that as a future topic. Oh, yes, I think we should. <laughs> that sounds that's great, a great actually. idea. I think it's phenomenal. Yes. Right. Noted. <laughs> so what are, let's talk about what time is. 
Oh. Oh, dear. It's like defining the word is, <laughs> Jesse. What is is? What is so, is? Something I was thinking about and, and uh, something that Kyle kind of touched on was I think we, it's not a misconception, but I think we we always hold aging and time together at the, at the same thing. And it makes sense. The longer time goes on, the more we age. It's just what, it's what man has done. It's probably why we invented the idea of counting days to begin with was to keep track of how we are aging and how things are aging. Sure beats scratching a line on a tree. Yeah. So you're saying time is passing no matter if, what our delineation is. Well, I, that's, that's how I feel about it. That's I, certainly how I feel about it. When we first started talking about this, I originally thought that time travel wasn't possible at all. In any means, like even the Stephen Hawking's cheating version, like I didn't think it was possible at all. You're saying you've progressed past my theory? Uh, what? No. <laughs> maybe, maybe I have evolved slightly, which I think it should be another topic is if humans can evolve or not. But obviously, what, what do you mean, obviously? Oh, goodness, that's oh. a whole other topic. Let's not, let's not talk about it now. I will note this. Oh, thank you. Thank you for noting. Uh, I think when we said like traveling through time, at first I was like, no, it's not possible because in my head it's kind of like what, what uh, Jesse said, it's a measurement. So it's the equivalent of saying, I'm going to travel through English or I'm going to travel through math. It's something that we humans invented to have a better understanding of a world that we cannot conceive. Well, it was, it's us putting a finite definition on something that can't really be defined. And that's, right. that's the thing is I could say, I'm traveling three feet. And you go, that wasn't three feet. That was an elephant. That, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. That, that, that was yellow. <laughs> yeah. And then I say, well, hang on. I have this yardstick. Mm-hmm. Because the yard the yardstick is something we've all agreed. That is three feet, which is three feet. And there's a, a standard and a unit of measurement that everybody mm-hmm. agrees on, whether you're European or not. Uh, and that's a, we've, we've all agreed as humanity that's three feet. But then you raise the question, as Jimmy is raising right now, who's to say that three feet has to be three feet? What if I call three feet a mile and a half? And so I say, I'm traveling a mile and a half. And you say, no, you're not. You're going three feet. That's, I mean, that's... It's one of the... I, time, time, is such, time is such a finite de- description of something that's so infinite and that you can't contain it. It's our very, like, rudimentary description and perception of what's, what, what happens to us in the course of uh, one, one rotation of the Earth, I think. That, that's how I feel like it is. So I, one of the interesting questions that I stumbled across was uh, how much time goes by in an hour. Hmm. Well, if you if you ever work on work on anything I work on, then uh, that that could be it's uh, it's elastic. <laughs> <laughs> My wife said sixty minutes. I said how much what, time what? goes by in a minute? Sixty seconds. How much time goes by in a second? Uh, we don't know. So here's my, here's a theory that I came up with to define time, a phrase that I came up with. So if you, if time can't be defined by any of the names that we've put on it, the delineations of measurement that we've given to it, then what, what, how do you describe time? What makes time passing? When I've, when I laid in bed all night and thought about this. (laughs) and the time passed I finally decided that time and this is partly influenced by uh, Mick Taggart's paper on time theory which is I'm sure somebody's going to look it up and find 
Oh, The Unreality of Time is the name of his paper. Okay, mm. thank you. And he, uh, he puts forth, I think it's just one of the headings of, the, of a section, but it got me thinking about change. And I, I kind of came to the, the conclusion that time is change. Mm. Yes. As long as things are changing, time is passing. If nothing were changing, would time be passing? I, don't, I think no. Yeah, it looks like Taggart's paper is basically philosophy of time. And he's talking about the unreality of time is what uh, is a paper that he, that at least uh, the, the wonderful source of Wikipedia has referenced. <laughs> uh, that I love that Wikipedia. McTaggart's paper was, uh, was heavily influenced by the unreality of time, which of course, there's, it's no, a there's, philosophy. No there's no link here to tell me where that came from. Uh, it's on, I found it on a... Um, Oh, Stanford. Ah, oh, see, you went to a legitimate institution. Mm -hmm. I needed the yeah. I Kyle, he gets PDF. books from the library. Of course, he goes to a legitimate. <laughs> he said he he did not drive to Stanford and get this information. He's obviously on the internet. Oh. But how do you know? I suppose that's true. But that to be said is, uh, yeah, much like we've recognized Stanford as an institution that is worthy of us referencing for this article. And Wikipedia is kind of this uh, offhanded cheating thing. Like, I mean, I, I guess that's no different. We've all agreed that time is t what time is. And if nobody challenges that, then we are all moving in time together. And we're always all in the present. But if I suddenly decide that, uh, you know, one minute is an apple, then I'll probably get put into a padded room. <laughs> so part of McTaggart's theory that I thought was interesting, and he's totally a philosopher, so this isn't scientific in any way other than that science and philosophy are somehow related. Married. Uh, he, he has, so he's got his A series and B series and C series. Yes. Theories of times. So, uh, I don't understand what the C series is and it's probably irrelevant to our discussion. Uh, well, actually, it's it's kind of what it looks like, at least according to the Wikipedia article. Okay. <laughs> uh, the C series is not temporal for it involves no change, but only in order. Events have an order. They are, let us say, in the order MNOP, and they are therefore not in order MONP or ONMP or any other possible order. So it sounds like it has nothing to do with based on time. You're just going to do things in step one, step two, step three, step four. So it's the relationship of events to Correct. each other. Correct. It's that if you do this, then you'll do this. It's not if, if 60 minutes passes, then I'll do something else. It sounds like it's just a series of events with no time delineation. Right. So the uh, A series is, the A series and B series are basically that events happen before each other and after each other. The A series is a series of positions running from the far past to the near past to the present. So it's basically the old stuff, recently old stuff, what's happening right now, and then what's happening in the future. That's the A series. The B series is a little harder to understand, explain. It's great. It's just, it's just earlier to later. That's, but it's so much deeper. That's, that's pretty much exactly what the Wikipedia that, article Yeah, the Wikipedia says. article has one line for the B series. The series of positions which runs from earlier to later, end quote. It's it basically the way, the description that somebody has added here graciously says the B series is temporal and that it embodies a direction of change. 
it, like thinking thinking that something moves left to right instead of right to left. And so it's a, it's a, I think that I would think the B series kind of embodies the A series. It's just it's the larger timeline of things go from the past to the future in that direction. And the A series is the the segments of that timeline of things will go from the past to the near past, from the near past to the present, from the present to the near future, the right. near future to the future. So that, that I don't know. That's my very quick. Hey, I just read this. Never heard of McTaggart <laughs> before. Uh, understanding of his his philosophy of time. So basically, my understanding of this of his paper when he published it, it was a more a consensus of what philosophers thought at the time. Mm-hmm. And if I if I remember right, it was 1908 when he published. Yep. And uh, I th- I think this is just a logical. It's real super logical. If you don't get into science, yeah, you think about time. I think this is the way that most people <clears throat> intuit time. Just earlier, later, past, present, future. Mm-hmm. It's the way we talk about it at the mm-hmm. very least. I mean, people say like, oh, I'll do that later. I, I did that earlier. Like most people don't give up. There you a, go. We even use the words that he used. He, precisely. So I, I don't know. I think that that philosophy of time is uh, is appropriate. Yeah, as a working philosophy. But when you get into, uh, when you contrast this with Einstein's publication, which actually happened around the same time, early 1900s. Yeah. And you you think about his ideas in contrast with this. It's, it's an interesting uh, contrast. Yeah, very. Time dilation and all that. <laughs> that gravity has an effect on time passing. You know, how does that? How does that apply philosophically? Well, I think I don't know. Gravity is one of those things. One of the things that I wrote down is that as as humans, we try to discover as much as possible, right? And gravity is still that one thing that we know it exists, and we understand that it's very important, but we really don't understand how gravity works and all the like. We're still discovering cool things about magnets, like every year. That's like, true. That so it's like we're. It, I was, like about, I was about to throw down. I was about to throw down on your theory and say, "No, we understand a fair amount about gravity. It's a, a negative, negative force of negative nine point eight meters per second towards the center of the Earth, based on inertia." Okay, that's at least that. That was what I was taught in physics. Is that that's what it is? Is that it is a measure is a measurable? It's a measurable, uh, uh, not acceleration, velocity. It's a measurable velocity back to Earth. And that, and it's based on the fact that the Earth is moving at such and such a speed, which is, of course, astronomical when you put it in a point of reference to, like, the moon or something. It's like, we're moving at 100,000 miles an hour or whatever it is. I'm not going to look it up. Yeah, but there's but, no way. Like, that that may be true. That's more than I knew about it. But there's no way that that is all of it. Like that No, you're right. Be, well, and then you just said, well, we're discovering all these things about magnets. And it's like, well, yeah, everybody thought we had the magnet pegged for the longest time. It's like, what? Well, this leads into a you know another topic we've already agreed that we're going to do. That I I had I had said, well, you know, you you create artificial gravity, and that that solves your problem because mm-hmm. once you create artificial gravity, you can bend the rules because you've now created the construct of what the where the rules are residing. So things like time travel, mm-hmm. if if you're if you're going to fake gravity, and gravity is really the the force that is slowing us all down, it's holding us all back, it's the man keeping us down then just alter that out. Alter out the effect that gravity has on time while keeping us 
with our feet on the ground. Or could you make super gravity and travel back in time? Right. Like, I mean... It, well, like, I don't think you would travel back. I think it just would slow... It would slow think, you down I so think. far that everybody would move in advance, and then, again, you'd be in the future. Or, no, you would... No, no, no. You slow it, everybody else down. Yeah, yeah and you would advance. Like, that's just something... I wrote down, like, what would you do with time? And, like, I think traveling into the future would be cool, but there's no way back. What I think yeah. would be cooler is to get into a box and sacrifice a year and then come back out, and then it's the same time, but you yourself have aged for a year. Like, if you could yeah, do Yeah, that this, sounds cool. If you can do this gravitational field and just slow, just slow you down and everyone... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so th- everyone moves at the same. So basically, it'd be a year for you, but it'd be a day for everybody else, essentially, is what would happen. Okay. So you can go in this room and be like, I want to learn the piano. And then you'd spend a year every day practicing the piano, and then you get out of this box, and it's only been a day in in the time that you oh, left. Oh, so you're using it for the manipulation of... Uh, <laughs> you can train soldiers. You can train... Superhuman. <laughs> you oh, could, interesting that the first thing you say is you, you can train, train soldiers. So Jimmy, Jimmy's going to take over the world using this well, method. Everybody, yeah, watch a, out. Yeah. You know, the compound bow was invented by a gardener, and then uh, Genghis Khan ruled the world for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, without this box. that's That makes it all the more impressive. Yeah. Oh, who, wants to go in, box. who wants to go into a box while everyone else is aging slowly and age quickly? Right. I, I would do it. Maybe for, kids want to. Well, yeah. Oh, right. Imagine schooling. That'd be insane. Yeah. Can you imagine cramming 12 years of education into this alleged one day? Well, it's still 12 years if you're going through it. Yeah, right. Exactly. So your perception is you still spent 12 years doing something, but when you step out, it's it's been a, it's only been a day. You're not going to care. Your body's going to say, "Man, that was a rough 12 years. That was the longest time of my life. I got picked on so bad in that in that box. I don't want to go back in that box." And then everybody else is like, "What are you talking about? It's Tuesday." You know, like I I, I just I, I feel like while it it could be beneficial, I feel like it a you'd age faster. So then your lifespan becomes Jimmy Donahue, I lived from 19 blah, blah, blah to 19 blah, blah, blah plus one. Like that's, yeah. you've <laughs> yeah, lived that's one it. year because you, you've actually crammed 80 years of life into that one, right. that one year in a box, right. which is a, apparently just a day in, in this example. But I, I don't know. I don't see the appeal to that. Although that is, I don't see any appeal to any time travel we've discussed because whatever change it is, it is permanent. You go into space, you come back, it's the future. You're stuck there. You can't go back into space and then come back and it's 1950. Five. Oh, I just thought of something that I saw. Uh, it relates to McTaggart, but it's a, it's kind of something that was floating around uh, when Einstein published. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys stumbled across this. It's like two inverse cones, and they're point. They're touching at the points. I I did see something interesting the, enough. That's the graphic the, at the top of this web yeah. page. So the points are the present. And then all of the past exists below and all the future exists above. Mm-hmm. And there's the, what, the worm line? Mm-hmm. You're looking at the graph. Does it say the worm line? It, oh, it's not labeled. It's just, it's that image. So there's a, there's this line that goes from the past, dissects through the, the present, and then continues up into the future. I, and the theory kind of is that in some way it all exists all the time. All of time exists presently I, I, and we are traveling along this line experiencing it a moment at a time so in that philosophical theory philosophically it would be possible to jump out jump back jump out again 
Yeah, but I mean, it really does require you. It requires your. It would require your omni, your omniscient view of time in order to right. do that. You'd need to know when to jump out, how to jump out, and when to jump back in. Obviously, but. <laughs> I mean, as far as like, if if the basis of this question is, is it possible? That would answer that question. I think. I think is yes, it's possible. Theoretically, but you have these, according to this, you have these things to figure out. That's 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 where I that's where I write on this. Is it impossible? Yes, it is today. But much like Jimmy said earlier, like we're learning things about magnets we never thought we knew, but we thought we fully understood the magnet. And so it's like, if you don't raise the question of possibility and say, and, and then you immediately shut it down and say it's impossible. You, you'll always think the Earth is flat. You'll always think that magnets are magnets. You'll always think gravity is the only way. Like you'll only you only <clears> think <throat> that way. And like we were all, you know, raised in 1980s and 90s America. Darn it! And everything is possible. And you're all special people. <laughs> but that you're I'm, a special snowflake. There's <laughs> no one like you. <laughs> Jesse clearly had the uh, sing-songy, fun, uh, happy-go-lucky feely schooling i'm just thinking of this image that i saw recently of a a snowflake blown up with a an arrow and says the caption says not you (laughs) so now now we have a poster yes there is a poster (laughs) there's a poster it's out there you can find it so now that we've talked about this jesse where would you go in time if you could go anywhere in time in the traditional sense of being able to go somewhere and come back where would you go i've always said and I'm going to stick by this. The beginning. The beginning. Settle, settle this once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning. Yes, but there, there, there could be some uh, interesting problems with that. Like what? What if you go back too far and there's nothing there? Oh, oh, oh here's a great question. What if you go back and there's nothing there? And so in order for you to get back, you have to create something. And then you find out that you are the omniscient being that created all of life. <laughs> And that's why his name is Jesse Human. He is the human being. Wait, so I'm I'm discovering this in the future. Oh man! In my in the past, in <laughs> that, you my know, that, future past. That gets to a, an interesting. I was trying to see how they describe it on Doctor Who. I, I'm kind of bummed that I'm using that as an actual reference in this talk. But <laughs> other than the cheeky, <laughs> if it was a phone booth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but they do the the thing I love about that show, though, kind of like what I love what I love about Futurama too, is that they explain very well the crazy scientific things that happen they do write really cool ways so what they talk about is like constantly while the doctor is traveling he's always referencing his age how old he is and when days have moved for everybody else it's been hundreds of years for him and he's traveled around so would the idea of past future and present still oh sweet would uh, past, future, and present still be in play while you're a time traveler? Because your present, like your present time, you're currently in Rome, you're going to go to Spain, you're going to go to medieval times later, but that's still your future and your time stream, right? Like, don't you just create multiple time streams at that point? Well, I don't know. That's that whole, like, you know, in Back to the Future 2, when uh, the doc is drawing a line, and he said, "No, back here where, you know, Biff took the uh, took the almanac and gave it to, went back in time and gave it to his kid. He he created an alternate reality, and he drew the line off of the the regular timeline. I think that, 
I don't know. I think that that's that's kind of a wonky. Well, it's a wonky description because then it's like, okay, so you're living your timeline, I'm living my timeline, and since you're moving your timeline all over the place, when when I go back to the same past that you're in, it's a different past because I'm on a different line than you're on. So decisions that you make in your past would have, necess- would have already happened, so they wouldn't have yeah, changed. But, yes, but then I go back to that same time, and they haven't happened. Or they have happened, or it doesn't matter because they're different timelines. Oh dear! Because what if I go back a day before you? Then I've altered your timeline, which was already in your future, but also in your past. I need to get paper so I can write this down so I can keep up with you. Give me a second. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck trying to get inside the mind of Kyle. No, no, no. nobody, (laughs) nobody, nobody wants to be there. It's uh, it's a dark, dark place. We don't want to. I, for one, don't want to get into string theory, but. No, string theory kind of postulates this thing that there are. Well, that's exactly what it is: is that there are multiple strings, infinite potential dimensions of possibility. And well, and to to Jimmy's point, then all of us are living a dimension, and there are an infinite amount of dimensions. So when he goes back to 1954 or 1955 and does something, interacts with people, or or not, it doesn't really matter. He's gone back. If I go back to 1953 and do things, does it affect him? No, because it couldn't, because he's already done that, so have I. It, it's not concurrent, but it's concurrent. <laughs> so I, you're, either, you're either multiple time travelers are completely affecting everybody at the same time, which in which, case, in which case, if everybody's being affected, nobody's being affected, because it's all, all different and all the same at the same time. None of that made sense at all to me either. I don't know. I just think multiple time travelers really break this down into being more impossible because like you said, multiple, or like Jesse said, multiple strings really kind of break this or, or enforce it. I don't Uh, really know. No, not my brain. Where's more? I need more coffee. Hold on. Where's my brain? My brain hurts. Yeah. (laughs) So where would you go, Kyle? Where would I go? I've, oh goodness gracious. I, I would go to 1954, 1945, Oxford, England. All right. And I'll go to wherever Tolkien and C.S. Lewis are are sitting, you know, since time is just always happening. They're sitting there right now, and they're talking about their books and their ideas and their stories. And I'm not going to say a darn thing to them. I'm just going to sit there, have a cup of coffee, and listen to them tell the story of the Chronicles of Narnia or Lord of the Rings before it's even written. That's, that's what I'd like. That would be kind of awesome. But it would require me to be there for a few years. So I think I'd go back to 1945 and probably just stay there. <laughs> Maybe go to Oxford College. It'd be great. <laughs> but that's, this is possible in your, in your scenario where you download all of human collective consciousness yeah. into yes. a machine. Yeah. Yes. Well, and it's the, that's, the, that's the non-destructive editing of time travel is that you <laughs> download all of, all of humanity's emotions, thoughts, and decision-making capabilities into a computer that can handle that. And then you, you, of course, then download yourself as well, move yourself through time, and experience, experience time as it was, as you expect it to be. If everybody continues to make their same decisions, the computer will calculate that everybody makes their decisions based on these, everybody else's variables and based on what we know about the Earth and its variables now. That, that would be the only unpredictable variable would be uh, the environment. But if things continued on as they were, you could move yourself through time in this computer, and then you could also move yourself back to where you were. And then, of course, if you go in the past, uh, you can, I guess you could decide to let the computer alter your, your new present, but you, none of, you would not be experiencing any of this. You would be the omniscient being sitting at the computer terminal, 
moving yourself, your, your consciousness back and forth through time. I've done this before. I've played The Sims. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy's, Jimmy's out. And, uh, Jimmy's already done this. Is it possible? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sim, for everything. <laughs> no, that was probably the coolest part of that game was the, fa- the forward and reverse of time button. You're assuming I played this. You what? <laughs> I played SimCity. I played SimTower. I never played The Sims. Oh, wow. Jeez. This explains so much about you. I know, doesn't it? So where would you go? Tell us where you'd so go. The, the world wants to know. Uh, yeah, Jesse's was good. Going back and just... That'd be kind of funny to go back and figure out if the chicken or the egg came first. I'd be like, there! There it is, the egg. I, I maintain what my dad always says is that the answer to that question is nobody cares. They're mm-hmm. both here now. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> that, that is the best answer to that question. What came absolutely. first, the chicken or the egg? It's a very, nobody cares. It's a very stoic way of looking at it. Uh, really yeah, cool. Well, my dad is brilliantly stoic. Yeah. Oh, it's, at it's times. Phenomenal. That's actually one of my favorite philosophies is, is just, I never know how to say it. Is the, the ism, is it stoicism? The philosophy of being a stoic? I didn't research that for the time travel. Hopefully, oh, our, hopefully our listeners will uh, <laughs> will email us and say, Jimmy, you're an idiot. Oh, or, or, Jimmy, you're right on. Uh, this probably there's... never been named because the people that subscribe to this philosophy don't really care. They don't. That's very true. They don't care about the semantics because those are rules. It doesn't matter. No, but it doesn't matter. Nothing no one matters. cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Someone else has probably given all of them a very derogatory name. <laughs> Jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, I would probably go back to if I could just I I love the <clears throat> like the twenties like prohibition area, even though I enjoy drinking. So I speakeasies. That's yeah. what you, that's so that's what you want. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. We can that'd see really we can cool. see that uh, Jimmy Donahue likes the speakeasies. Uh huh. I'm told be. that they still exist in some form. In well, places. The, the buildings exist in like the old bit. Like I've never been to one, but I heard they're pretty cool. I, so I've been told. Like I've been told. You, like it's totally like you knock on a door and you give a password and oh, you get yeah. into the bar. Yes. So nihilism is kind of that. Mm-hmm. The rejection of all religious and moral principles, often on the belief that it is meaningless. Oh, goodness. What a purposeless <laughs> life, though. <laughs> Stoicism, though, is more the philosophy of... of it's kind of like being a Vulcan. Like you erase, at least how it's, I've always understood it. Like you, you try and suppress. It's purely logical. Like you try and suppress Stoicism. emotion as much as possible. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. I'm looking it up. It's an ancient Greek school of philosophy founded by. Oh, that doesn't define it though. Stoicism. Rock on. You were you were correct. All right. So far, pretty good. Hellenistic philosophy founded in Athens by Zeno of Sidium in the third century BC. Great, now I understand it. Awesome. <laughs> God, thanks for clearing that up, Kyle. <laughs> the Stoics taught that destructive emotions resulted from errors in judgment and uh-huh. that a sage or a person of moral or intellectual perfection would not suffer such emotions. Yeah. There are the a lot of uh, a lot of business schools and stuff will teach you to be very stoic in your entrepreneurial decisions. Try not to make anything based off of emotion. It's actually a very... Which is why we need labor unions. (laughs) (laughs) Because people just don't care because it doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah. It's a kind of... It's a cool way of looking at things and it's also very sad. It's kind of... It reminds me of Spock. Like, he's just... He's very like, that does not compute, no. And then... Well, yeah. I mean, think think about that, though. Then you get Captain Kirk who comes in and says, everything's possible... I don't believe in the no-win scenario. Reprogram Spock's uh, program so that he can win mm. and destroy everybody. 
and and then then see that's such a good contrast. Yeah, that man. was an alternate reality. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have the answer. Star Trek has answered again. Has answered all of our technological questions for the future. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> uh, something something my dad taught me was uh, when he was teaching me about politics is that he my dad's uh, a pretty big Republican, and he loves uh, oh. Maybe we should get back on topic. Well, no, no, finish your story. Finish your story. Yeah, you can't tease it out there like that and then not. Oh, me and Jesse talked about it though. Like uh, my well, it's dad, great. you and Kyle did not. The, view, <laughs> the, or views the rest on, of the world. Yeah, the views on politics True. that my dad taught me was is like there's there's people who naturally just think purely more on emotion, like they're driven by emotion and they're they think yes. more emotionally, and then there's the other guys who think purely on logic. And he says if you ever are on either extreme you can do damage in either way. Like, if you purely are emotional, then you'll release a serial killer because his dad didn't hug him, and, like, you should feel really <laughs> bad about him. And then if you are purely, purely logical, then you kill millions of people because it makes sense for the growing economy. Like, that's, that's like, the different. You just go off of numbers on one and go off purely off of feelings on the other. Right. My dad taught me this by showing me Star Trek, and this, that sounds really weird, but he's and now me, you'll get picked on. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so show me start. No, no different than the rest of my life. True story. <laughs> me too. We we have a podcast talking about impossible things. I think I'm. I think I we're think gonna get picked on anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically, he said he said a really good leader needs to be like re, needs to be like Captain Kirk. It needs to be open to both sides. He needs to have a best friend like Spock, who is purely logical. And we'll say, nope, we can't save those four people. We have to save the 12 people, and that's how it works. And then he also needs to have bones, which is like, but those four people are, like, they all they have a family, and these 12 people were murderers, and, like, it doesn't really matter. You need to have bones who's purely emotional, and you need to have Spock who's purely logical, and then you need to have that guy in the middle who understands both sides to make the decision. Yeah, I agree. And, I agree. And that's what, that's, like, what great leadership is, is the ability to look at emotional look at logic and then find that third option that no one sees. Oh, man, philosophy from Star Trek. Like seriously, Gene Roddenberry, man, that 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 man I believe has changed I think he's changed the future idea-wise and technology-wise probably more than anybody. It'd be an interesting topic. Well, how do they do time travel in Star Trek? Do they just travel through black, black holes? Black holes and around warp. the sun. Time warping, I think yeah. is the would be the that's probably the all-encompassing answer because it depends on which generation of Star Trek you're looking at. It's like they they did it both ways. There's black hole in the, in the most recent of Star well not the most recent of Star Trek films, but the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek. They go into a black hole mm. and there's time travel. And then in <clears throat> um, I do believe it is the Captain Kirk era in uh, you know the one where they go back they go back to San Francisco and to save a whale. They go around the sun, I believe. I believe that's how they get to and from the, the past and the future. So I, I, I would say around the sun, their logic there was gravity. They're slingshotting mm. themselves. They're mm. slingshotting themselves around the sun to, to time travel. Well, the sun being a denser body yes. than the Earth, time would move at a different rate. It's a very, uh, it's very, see, Star Trek, man. It's so brilliant. We should <laughs> just do a whole episode on Star Trek. Oh, that'd be great. I would have to watch them. <laughs> I would have to. Watch, I would movies. have to start watching. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> I know what we're doing: Star Trek marathon. <laughs> we probably should just have it on the background while we're doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll like, we're gonna watch Star Trek. We're gonna comment on this. We'll be like the Puck Podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll just review movies. Yeah. Okay, Jesse, sir. So wrap this up. 
All right. Uh, consider it wrapped. You consider it wrapped? <laughs> time travel. You, so you, you don't believe time travel is possible still? Is that, is that uh, where we're, we're settling? No. Philosophically, I just I can't buy it. Even though scientifically there's some interesting points that time can be manipulated, I, have to, I do have to grant Jimmy that time can be manipulated. Whereas I think in our previous off-air discussions, I, I just shut out everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to leave it open to the realm of possibility, but you're going to say it's impossible. Uh, in theory, theoretically possible, not actually possible. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I agree with Jesse. I think the idea of, like I said, jumping into um, some form of time machine, picking a date and flying to it is completely out yeah. of the question forever. Yeah, never, and yeah. will never, ever be possible. I think the cheating Stephen Hawking way of going into the future is possible. And I think if you found some way to manipulate gravity, like there's a lot of ifs in all those theories. Yeah. But like I can see us potentially one day getting enough technology to manipulate gravity and then be able to, once we fully understand it, then maybe manipulate time or slowing down time for one person or for a lot of people. Yeah. But well, you could look at uh, the Stephen Hawking cheating way as just anti-aging. You could, you're still aging though. Like that's the thing that I think is you are aging, aging, but you're not aging less. as fast. No, you're still like you go in, <laughs> and if you're traveling for eighty years, you'll still be eighty. Like you'll still be eighty years old. Yeah, but you your body back. won't have the yeah, but eighty in reference to what? Of other octogenarians. No, but you, yeah, you will. You will still be eighty years old. You, you will look like you're eighty. You're yeah, walking but, with a cane, but you will come back to an Earth. But that's you'll be two thousand dead for like yeah twenty what, years, and go? I'll just be eighty. Yeah. That's that's absolutely true. So I mean, like you say, yeah, he's right. You are still aging, but you're just aging slower. That's, I think that's what I was trying to get. It's at not anti aging. It's just you're slowing everything down. You're slowing yourself down while everybody else moves at the same pace. So you're uh, you're just not aging. Not time oh, travel. Goodness, <laughs> it's a whole different topic. <laughs> anyway, I ultimately, I I'm I'm gonna ride that fine line with the two of you and say that I it's I think as of today, obviously it's impossible. Since nobody has come and knocked on Jesse's door to say, hello, I'm here from the future. If that happens right now, I'm probably going to pass out. I, <laughs> Nobody's done that, so therefore it's not possible right now. However, I do feel uh, philosophically like what Jimmy had said earlier is that we, know, we, we think we know everything about magnets and gravity, but we keep learning new things about them. I think that there, there's – I don't want to say it all hinges on one thing, but I think over the course of time – uh, in human progression, I feel like we will find something that will just blow a huge hole in everything we've talked about. And, uh, and using a lot of the fundamental principles that Einstein and, uh, and McTaggart have written about and come up with, I think that fundamentally that understanding is always going to be there. And I think people will build on that and we'll, we'll have something. But I mean, like even when Star Trek, which is way in the future, even talks about time travel, they talk about it as an abstract thing. It's not a normal thing. They come up with these crazy theories and they try it, but they might all die, you know. So I, I think ultimately it's, it's, it could be possible in the future, but maybe not. <laughs> I say probably not. Probably not. Probably not is what Jesse says. I say maybe not. Jimmy, what do you say? I think time manipulation will definitely be possible. Oh. I think some form of time manipulation Ooh. will definitely be possible at some point. But it's still... To uh, what extent? I don't know. To what, like... 
oh, hey, you want to, I could see it being used for like some stupid commercial, like instead of makeup, be like, do you want to look one day younger? And then, <laughs> and then time, and, time travel. And how much time travel will we get commercialized <laughs> and then used all the time? Boo. Does uh, the cost ever get low enough to actually. To be practical? <laughs> yes. No. Once we, once we figure out fusion. I think that's something. I, I will definitely say that probably my, you know, I've, I've, got a, I've got a question. wasn't in our original notes when we were discussing what to talk about, but favorite time, time travel story overall, like as far as possibility, you know, uh, technology, uh, the, the reasoning as why they time travel at all. Like, does, do any, either of you have, have a favorite story? Is it like the, the time machine? Is it H.G. Wells? Is it is it Back to the Future? Is it Star Trek? What do you have any? There was this uh, this theory of time that, that my dad when my when me and my dad were talking about time travel, he had read this cool. I don't know the name of it, but I, I will find it. There was a short story that just had a slightly different perspective, and it kind of used the butterfly effect. Oh, essentially, the the future race had invented time travel, and they mastered it, and they could go back whenever they want. But they used it. It was only exclusive to to historians that decided to take on learning about past human experiences and the one rule was you were never ever supposed to interact with them ever right. because then time would be altered forever so this guy and and there and like my theory with that is like if you would have gone back and messed stuff up it wouldn't matter because stuff would have already been messed up by the time you were around right so but but what happened to him was is that he went down and he teleported uh, he beamed down to the the, to the earth, and hey, is that even possible? Time. What teleporting? We should talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right. We should talk about that. So he teleported, which we don't know if it's possible or not. Uh, he teleported down, and then it he is, by the way, he got freaked. <laughs> Interject your theories in that. Episode. He got freaked out because there was this grasshopper on the floor, and he didn't want to step on the grasshopper, and then like have that grasshopper not. It killed the entire lineage of grasshoppers, and then the whole world would change. And so he teleported back up. When he teleported back up, the and he went back into his future time, everything was really different, and he didn't know what he did. What he found out was is that his two footprints were seen by a guy who was going to commit suicide. And he looked at the two footprints, and he didn't see them leaving anywhere, and he didn't see them coming from anywhere. So he became obsessed with searching, and they sobered up. And then his son became a genius, like an Einstein. And then it went on. And then oh. his his son ended up taking over the world because he was so you, smart. You better find out what story this is so I can go read that book. <laughs> and that is the that is I, like the gotta, coolest thing I've I gotta heard ask my dad about time. it. And he was and so it's basically the adventure of this historian trying to put everything back in place. But every time he goes back, he adds damage and damage. Oh, we're going we're going to have to tweet that. Man. That is such a good story, Jesse. Do you have do you have a story? Dude, I gotta go with Rip Van Winkle. Really? Yeah. Man, that that is abstract. I love that one. That but is it's so kinda, abstract. It's kind of the uh, the one scenario that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's you know? fair. That's fair. Sleeping get, for a long time. Do you know the story? Well, yeah, just do an overview. Falls falls asleep for a really long time. Yeah, so he goes and falls asleep for a really long time. And he comes back. <laughs> well, that's so that's essentially Jesse. Him, or Jesse. It's essentially Jimmy's box theory. There you go. So he goes in somewhere and he hasn't aged for. Uh, what is it? I don't remember exactly. Probably it's a generation. So he 80 comes years. back. Eighty years, I think it is, maybe. Yeah. And he comes back. Everything's changed, but he hasn't changed. That's He's just been bowling with the. Uh, that's that's crazy because like that that is much much like you frequently do, Jesse. That is like the fundamentals of what we're talking about. It is the simplest, 
the, the simplest and deepest explanation of, of, of what we're talking about story-wise. Uh, I think for me, though... Oh, I, Connecticut Yankee. Dang, I should have said that. I love that one too. <laughs> you can change your answer. That's no, the beauty of editing. I like that one, too. I like that one, too. I'll just add it. I, I, have, I definitely <clears throat> I have many, many favorite, uh, favorite uh, time-traveling books. Funny, funny enough, I've mentioned uh, I mentioned H.G. Wells, I, which I love, love the time go. machine, and, and uh, the the movie's okay. The remake really is really uh, ugh, not that great, but it's it whatever it gets the, the story across. Phenomenal, the, the book, book is, is phenomenal. Really However, not my favorite one. I'm going to uh, I w- I will have to submit that I I will stick with my favorite author of choice in in my lifetime, which is Michael Crichton. Wrote a book called Timeline, beautiful book, best description of the of the transport. Of time travel, I'm not going to butcher it by bringing it up, which is why it's wow. not—it's not in my wow. reference materials. It is a brilliant theory on how, which is hmm. very much Crichton's way on anything. Is that oh, is it possible to bring dinosaurs back to life? And he comes up with this—you know—you pull the DNA from a mosquito that got trapped in some amber, and it's like that—it just sounds plausible enough that you're like, man, somebody could really be doing this right now. Or maybe he planted the idea, and somebody said, and that's and then, that. His writing is brilliant for yeah. that. And, and then ten years later, you find out that all the dinosaurs you talked about don't really exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the, bron- the brontosaurus, man. It's totally wrong. <laughs> then, bam, brontosaurus. But still, no, I, I think ti- timeline. I, if you have not read it, I highly recommend any oh. of you, including you two, Jesse and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I think you good. should read it. I will loan it to. I have it in book form, Jesse, for you. You have paper book. I form? have paper book form for you. Oh, I accept. No, 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 I'll buy it right uh, now, and I put the. Oh yeah, Jimmy's gonna have it before we're done with the episode. <laughs> Jesse's gonna have to wait till Monday. You know what? When I'm reading the paper version, the batteries aren't gonna die. Oh wow! <laughs> but, the, but the lights allowing him to see the page—they <laughs> might go out. They might. Anyway, so I think that wraps it up. Is that we're we're, we're there, right? Yeah, yeah, it wraps so. it up. I had one more. I like that uh, that we all had books as our favorite. Ah, that's true. No one mentioned Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Ted, man, <laughs> consummate time travelers. <laughs> there, actually, there's a really cool scene in that movie where they talk about how to affect, like, what do they need? They needed something. They needed some auto. Their history paper, dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Was there was, in the, no that there was, was in one of the sequels. Was that in the second one? There was one a point where, where they, they needed, like, some key or something. It's oh, like, no, oh, no, I got an idea. That wasn't Do me a favor one. and remember that when all this is over, to put the key behind this bush. Will you remember that? All right, and then he leaves behind the bush, and then he picks up the key. <laughs> oh yeah, it was <laughs> me that took there. my dad's keys. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the beginning, in the first scene, his dad lost his keys. That's right. See, because that there you go, right there though, is that uh, there's one brilliant writer on the team of people who wrote Bill and Ted's, <laughs> who's like, this is a dumb, dumb, dumbass movie, but we're gonna put this one piece of brilliance in there, so that in 20 years, three guys who are making a podcast can talk about it and its brilliance. And not in its seriousness, because Bill and Ted sucks. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's okay, Bill, say, sorry, Bill and Ted let's sucks. Let's not say crazy things like Bill that. Bill and Ted sucks in the effort of science. I science. I made fun of Jurassic Park a little bit, but you don't have to... Listen here, turd face. We don't need to resort to name-calling. The I, I Bill and Ted's, in the context of what we're talking about, sucks. But it's a great movie. Okay. Does that work? No. Okay. It's great in everything. Uh, end of episode. Ask. <laughs> so uh, when we come back next time... Next, uh, a period of time has elapsed. Yeah. <laughs> it might be in the past. <laughs> we'll be discussing uh, computer sentience, which is the ability of computers to become self-aware. We'll probably discuss some philosophies of self-awareness. Oh, and yes. then we'll discuss the 
I'm sure movies and books will come into play. Well, they must. That's what influences these types of topics. Yeah, I'm excited. So there you go. That's what we have to say about it. If you want to add anything to the conversation, email impossiblethingspodcast at gmail.com. That's impossiblethingspodcast. No doubts, dashes, space, capital letters, anything. All one word. Impossiblethingspodcast at gmail.com. Or if your quote is quick and pithy, put it on Twitter at IMPTHNG podcast. That's imp thing podcast. IMPTHNG PODCAST. And we will see you here next time. Okay. So when we return, computer sentience. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>